was that? Uh, just watch Frozen. <laughs> ah. Yes, yeah. on our couple's Disney Plus. On our couple's um. Disney Plus. <laughs> if you need something that's not true crime related and you have a couple hours and Disney Plus, highly recommend the uh, Frozen 2 documentary about the making of Frozen 2. I have heard about this. I, I, I thought you were going to say the series with the, the people that recreate their high school musicals. Oh, Encore with Kristen Encore Bell? Encore with <gasps> Kristen Bell, who makes an appearance once. Yeah, if you want to weep openly, <laughs> watch that documentary series. It's, it's good. It's good. We like it. It's some nice reality. Disney-fied reality TV. Also, there's another one. Um, it's about dogs with jobs, which may actually be the title. It is Love hosted it. by the voice of Goofy, and they profile a different dog every episode, like ones that work as like drug sniffers or that are like therapy dogs. Yeah. Or there's one that skateboards, shit like that. <gasps> I know. But my friend Denise produced it. So Whoa. we need to go watch it for that. That's true. Mm-hmm. Although I just wa- um I didn't watch I read an article about um service dogs from 9/11 and I'll never be the same again and a piece oh. of my heart has been destroyed. So, I'll probably do an episode on it at some point because um it's incredible stories. Yes, and they're good puppies. They're good yeah. babies. They are. The goodest boys and girls. Anyway, those are our pre-show recommendations. Yes. Um we are For- still in our um pride series this is the last episode of our pride series yes this is the last episode of our pride series today is the 28th but this is coming out on the 30th we'll peek behind the curtain today is the 30th (laughs) we record on the sunday before an episode so unless you're listening via patreon in which case today is the 29th oh yes but it is not the 28th in their universe well well so keep in mind our recommendations from earlier in the episode for some presumably much needed eye bleach ear bleach i like that ear bleach that's good ear bleach (laughs) i like it (laughs) something wholesome for the fucked up that's about to occur in your eyes or ears oh my god please don't (laughs) please don't unless unless you're you're running and i use that word loosely this country Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Um, Running this country insane, am I right? Hey! <laughs> oh, I wanted oh, you to God. do a spit take. She's drinking Coke, everybody. Um, excuse me. She's drinking Coke Zero. Please sponsor me. Okay. Um, Aspartame will still rot your teeth out of your head. Um, no, because a friend of mine is also a Coke Zero addict, and apparently you have to drink either 12 or 25, I don't remember, there's a two in there, per day for it to kill you. That's your demographic. No, I keep it to like <laughs> two to three a day minimum. That's, and I also hydrate. Rough. Yeah, but I drink, I drink a lot of water. So Any I drink way. at least eight ounces of water. Go ahead. What's the hey. episode about? Well, Haley hasn't read the title. I so we're going to presume nobody else has either. And we're going to talk about Eileen Wornos today. <gasps> Yay. <gasps> Yes, we're going to close it out with a big one and a very much requested one. She's a heavy hitter and she's been requested by a bunch of people and many have asked 
when we're going to talk about her, and that would be today. And now to we answer deliver. your question. Yep, this is what we do at Crime Culture. We make dreams come true. We do so, and and not just your dreams, but Eileen's dreams, because clearly, if she knew about this podcast, she'd want to be on it. Yeah, she'd want to be she'd featured. Be down. Yeah. Um, ironically, that that would not be the case, probably, but we'll get into that. So, hopping right in. Eileen Wernos was born Eileen Carol Pittman on February 29th, 1956, in Rochester, Michigan, to a working-class family. Her mom, Diane Wernos, married her father, Leo Dale Pittman, when Diane was only 14 and he was 16. Uh, yeah, those are both problematic ages to be married. Yes. Yes. I'm wondering how that even went about happening, but. Weird legality. Yeah. And then first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes Eileen's older brother, Keith, who was born less than a year after they got married, followed by Eileen a year after Keith was born. So So, 15 and 16 year old mother. Yeah. 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 Wow. And 17 and 18 year old dad. Wow. All what right. could go wrong? A lot. MTV didn't even exist back then. So no. literally, what are the, what are they going to do? What are they doing this for? Um, so yeah, two months before Eileen was born, Diane filed for divorce from Leo. Um, he was in jail at the time Eileen was born. She would never meet him. Um, her, like, part of her childhood was as a result of just her instability, like, in- unstable parental, what have you. Because it's we, just, it's just one more misfortune after the other. We find that with a lot of serial killers, though, that, mm-hmm. like, a lot of what happens afterwards is as a result of either an event or a series of events of their childhood that led them down this path would you say they'd be a series of unfortunate events i would venture to say that yeah there we go now we know what happens to the baudelaire kids we don't need another season um yep so two months before or i i just talked about that didn't i hey um just kidding so as i said like her parents separated before she was born and then her dad, like I said, he was in jail at the time for child molestation. Oh, you didn't say that part. I said he was in jail. I didn't get to say what for yet. And Blech. then he also spent time in mental institu- institutions, pardon me, for schizophrenia. And eventually he committed suicide by hanging himself in his prison cell on January 30th, 1969. Ugh. But again, Eileen would never meet him. Yeah. So then, backtracking a little bit, in March 1960, Keith and Eileen were sent to live with their grandparents, uh, Lori and Britta Wernos, who legally adopted them because Diane abandoned them when Wernos was almost four years old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. So it gets better. It gets, it gets more rough. Um. Both of their grandparents, their grandmother and grandfather, were allegedly alcoholics. And in addition to that, her grandfather was a violent and all-around abusive man. 
Uh, Wernos would later say that she was sexually abused by her grandfather and that he would force her to strip out of her clothes before beating her. And for our little dose of flowers in the attic, she also said she had a sexual relationship with her brother. Well, I guess you can see how her mother uh, left to get married at age 14. 14? Yeah, 14. Because obviously if that stuff is happening to Eileen now, you have to imagine something was going on with his own daughter. Oh, of course. That she just needed to escape and kind of didn't really give a shit who it was, even if it was a child molester. Well, but then again, if he was a child molester, there's a pattern there. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't get better. Oh, God. So Eileen, to a degree, takes after her mother in that she becomes sexually active at a very young age. By the age of 11, she was engaging in sexual activities after school in exchange for drugs, cigarettes, and food. And at the age of 14, she found herself pregnant. So the resources that I went through, surprisingly, there are not a lot of resources on Eileen so much as the movie that talks about her which yeah. we all know what it is but i'm not going to say it because i'm going to pretend that we all don't know what what it is okay. and we're going to save it to the end um because i'm crazy she is not so, one of the most known serial killers i think she's one of the most known female serial killers but not a lot of people really search for that uh right that information like you you usually find yourself like reading about like the bundies of the world or the richard right. ramirez's or the john wayne gacy's guys like right. that only when an incel is trying to prove a point that it's not all men who kill does Eileen Wernos come up. Yeah. Um, but regardless, so based on these different resources, the source of her pregnancy, the, the parentage that resulted in her pregnancy differs. Um, but honestly, neither explanation is particularly good. No, she was 14. Um, it's never going to be good. It's never like she found a loving guy to be with and like happily ever after. Yep. So one resource said that she got pregnant from the sex work that I previously mentioned to get the food and the cigarettes and the, the drugs. That checks out. Um, well, the other one checks out too, but I kind of hope it's the former because others said that it was the result of her being raped at the hands of both her grandfather and one of his accomplices. That also checks out, but uh, like you said, I don't want that one to be it. No, no. No. I mean, I don't like either option. Right. Let's clarify that, but... Yes. Uh, yeah, that second one's just not... Ooh. That's that's incredibly, especially for somebody who is uh, like having their sexual awakening. They're in puberty. A lot of... They're just... They're, they're still intellectually and psychologically their brains are forming and it's just that's something that will fuck you up for the rest of your life yeah also at the hands of someone who's supposed to t be taking care of you like somebody exactly. who's supposed to protect her adoptive you. father yeah he, he's biologically her grandfather they they adopted eileen and keith when they were four almost four and five years old yeah um so she was sent to a home for unwed mothers to give birth to her baby a son who she was immediately forced to give up for adoption. Soon after, her grandmother died of liver failure, and her grandfather kicked her out of the house at 15. 
She subsequently dropped out of school and started living in the woods near her grandparents' home while working full-time as a sex worker. Wow. Yeah. That is some rough shit to go through in, like, a short amount of time. Yes, definitely. Um, so by the time she was an adult, Wernos lived as a drifter and would hitchhike and perform sex work to survive. On May 27, 1974, she was arrested for driving while intoxicated and for firing a gun from a moving vehicle in Jefferson County, Colorado, and was later charged with failure to appear. She then was arrested several times for armed robbery, auto theft, check forgery, and th- like her rap sheet is like a roll of double ply Charmin. Like it just keeps going and going and but it's going also and like, going. It's shit to like keep herself alive. Like, yeah. I, th- I think that's also one of the reasons not a lot of people talk about Eileen Warnos as being one of, like, a heavy hitter serial killer. Because, like, you're used to hearing about, um, I mean, everybody who does something like this has gone through some shit. But, like, in comparison, Ted Bundy was raised by people that didn't really abuse him. He was mostly cared for. Like, yeah, his... His parents, his grandparents lied about like who his mom was saying it was his sister and stuff. But like he went to college and like got an education. He had like a girlfriend. He had like a decent life and a decent like money. And he was a decent like standing individual in his community. But like Eileen literally could not catch a fucking break. Mm -mm. No, she was doomed from day one. Um, And I think another, in addition to Bundy, in case people are tired of hearing us talk about Bundy, I'm not tired of it, but you know what? Some other people may be. Um, The Menendez brothers is another great example. Exactly. Yes. They had the fucking world and it wasn't enough. So, I mean, and I suppose that could be the Veruca Salt complex. Like, look what happens when you, when you spoil the shit out of your kids. I think people are more interested in, in the, the psychology of that though. Because yeah. in Eileen, it seems like as horrible as everything she did is, it's a little bit justified, like not justified, but like you can see, like there's a pattern that you can see, like this is it's, what it led to. Yeah, it's to be expected based on the trajectory of her life and her upbringing. And even like she was born into shit. It's no wonder that her life is going to just continue on this downward spiral yeah especially because she literally like i said could not get a break like in anywhere in her story if she was given any opportunity to lift herself up maybe something could have been different but like she just got beaten down at every single goddamn turn right oh and it doesn't get better just so you know (laughs) yeah just just to give you a heads up wall to wall oh but wait it gets worse um So, Wuornos eventually settled in Florida and met a wealthy 69-year-old yachtsman named Louis Grotzfell, and they got married in 1976, so he was 69, she was 20. Yep. Yep. There's going to be a lot of weird ages in this story, I'm guessing. I'm I'm gathering. Uh, Not completely. This one's just a little... This is a little too Anna Nicole for my taste. Yeah. Um, however, Fell had the marriage annulled soon afterwards. Um, like, I'm talking maybe two, three months after they got married. Ooh, because... It's like a, a, a Kim Kardashian deal. 
Yes, yes. Um, let's see. Is nine weeks longer than seventy-two days? Yes. So they they did beat out Kim Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphreys. Kim yeah. Kardashian. Kim. Um, <laughs> but so regardless, they the he had the marriage annulled because first Wernos was arrested for an altercation at a bar, but then she also got into another altercation this time with Fell, during which she beat him with his own cane. And so he filed. It's not funny. Stop laughing. I'm sorry. It's elder abuse. I mean, he wanted to marry her. It's true. Um, she apparently was very pretty back in the day. I've seen like, pictures. And that's yeah. part of the reason. Yeah, that's part of the reason why she got so much work. Yeah. And why this guy wanted to marry her. Um. But uh, so she beats him, and then he gets a restraining order against her but then mm-hmm. after that she moves to um michigan she returns to michigan and in july 1976 she's arrested in antrim county and charged with assault and disturbing the peace for throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head all right yep that we can laugh at because that's get the just party like wow. going weapon of choice not like not like a nice like eight ball or something like no you're gonna throw the cue ball when you have when you have a pool table at a bar there's projectiles bad things bad things can happen darts too you could be javelined yeah (laughs) you could be javelined with that stick you can get a a fucking cue ball to the head yep (laughs) yep so um she did that and then three days later her older brother keith died of esophageal cancer oh oh that has to be oh god i can't even imagine that must be so fucking painful holy shit she is 20 keith is a year older than she is oh my god i totally forgot that that detail oh my god yeah um would that happen from from smoking i mean smoking can be a cause but i mean then again it could be yeah people smoke for their entire lives and don't get it yeah yeah um it could be hereditary it could be as a result of like exposure to certain things like i mean there i couldn't find anything on it granted (sighs) i didn't particularly look hard i was a little more interested in keith's sister but yeah um, 21 though 21 yeah uh he left her ten thousand dollars though wow and so she would use that to bail herself out for a while she bought like a bunch of stuff and then would she squandered her money basically Mm. but at this same time was when the annulment happened like literally so it's get arrested brother dies marriage ends yeah happy july well that's what happened to her in her in her childhood too like it Mm -hmm. was one thing after the other after the other like just this whole string of shit yeah, her entire life has been just one bad thing after the other after the other. Yeah. So, a decade later, having been involved in numerous additional crimes, from theft to drunk driving to forgery, to like, like, like you name it, she's done it. Yeah. Wernos met 24-year-old hotel maid Tyria Moore at a gay bar in daytona florida and the two began a romantic relationship so see normal age difference 30 she's like 30 and tyria is 26 yeah and um, also i just wanted to say besides like throwing a cue ball at a at a bartender none of these offenses that she's um 
that she's had uh, up to this point have been violent besides like a, a, a scuffle or two. Yes, like, that we know of. She has not killed anybody yet. Yeah. So then, <laughs> but it's funny you ask because it's really funny that you bring it up at this point. Because then on July 4th, 1987, Daytona Beach police detained Wuornos and Moore at a bar for questioning regarding an incident in which they were accused of assault and battery with a beer bottle. Oof. Happy 4th of July. I mean, things get raucous on the 4th of July. I think we have an episode it's about true. that. It's true. We like, do. Cr- like crimes on the 4th of July. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go listen to that. Mm-hmm. So, and then there were other things. Like, there was a thing where Wernos was accused of assaulting, a, I believe, a bus driver on a bus. And oh. Moore was brought in because she was the only witness. Um, but regardless, because Moore would, spoiler alert, they they would break up. But Wernos would, up until her death, another spoiler alert, just always, she, she asserted that she loved Moore. That yeah. she was in love with her. That she would always love her. And that her feelings never changed throughout the course of their relationship and the turns that her life would continue to take. Yeah. So now we get to the part that you've been questioning me about. So from 1989 to 1990, Wuornos would pose as a hitchhiking sex worker. And because she lived a hard life she partied hard she didn't exactly have like a stable place to return home to although she did move in with more soon after they got together and Mm -hmm. but she supported them the two of them through her sex work wow but um yes but her looks were starting to go she was it all was catching up with her yeah all that you can't be like drinking all the time and drugging drugs and and cigarettes and just hard partying and just, I mean... And a hard it, life will beat you down quicker yeah. than, than a nice life. Well, and she lived as a, as a like, vagabond for a long time. And so you're out yeah. in the sun and you're hitchhiking and you're in Florida out in the sun and hitchhiking. So yeah. it's, it's... She lived in the woods for a long time. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But regardless, um, she began to use the tactic of luring the men who would be her victims by showing them a photo of two young kids saying they were her children and that she needed cash to be able to get to them. So that's all well and good. Mm -hmm. But those weren't her kids. They were her adoptive sister's children. All right. And... So, using this ploy, she killed seven middle-aged male motorists. Some even speculate that she may have killed eight. Okay. But it's a definite seven. So, we'll get into the victims. Her first victim was 51-year-old convicted rapist and electronics store owner Richard Mallory. Wornos claimed, or would go on to claim in court, that Mallory sodomized and brutally beat her after driving her to an abandoned area for sexual favors, and she killed him in self-defense on November 30th, 1989. Two okay. days later, and and makes sense that that would be if that would if that is what went down, that would make sense because she's been sexually abused her entire life. Who's to say that yeah. this isn't when she snapped? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, it makes sense. She's what 33 years old. Yeah, and 
I wouldn't blame somebody for something like that. Right. There are women who are trying to walk free today who have done the same thing. Kill their their attempted rapists, their sex traffickers, like what have you, and they deserve to walk free. But think, think Eileen, of all the poor people that were killed by like the Green River Killer. Exactly. Like, and all these sex workers that we've talked about in past episodes that like whether we learn what their names are or they're just referred to as like a sec an unnamed sex worker. Like mm -hmm. it becomes so commonplace that this this group of people are murdered that sometimes it's not even looked into. So if she needed to uh fucking get her shit together and cut a bitch. Yeah. Somebody and, who was already a criminal. I was gonna say convicted rapist, a bitch yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um but yeah, not not justifying what she does in the future, but it could provide some background as to what started this. Because yeah. remember, it was just like petty crime before. Well, yeah. not petty. She did shoot a gun out of a moving vehicle, but but at somebody or just in the air. Uh, like, yes, I believe. Like, uh, no, I don't believe we're like name? going blazing saddles, guns a blazing. Dolly, oh. not Dolly Parton. Jesus God. I mean, who knows? Dolly's got a wild life. She, she has many tattoos. She didn't Sam it out the window. Yes, just I don't think that's what she was doing. All right. Well, <laughs> um, she wasn't Elmer Fudd in it either. Don't okay. worry. Um, so <laughs> I hate you. Um, just clarify so, here. I know, but I have to read this really serious shit now, and you've got me thinking about, like, Yosemite Sam and Elder Elber, Elmer Fudd. I can't even say it. Dear God. All right, stop. Okay. Um, right. She killed okay. a convicted okay. rapist. Kim, there's people who are dying. Um, so two days later, after she kills him, a Volusia County deputy sheriff found Mallory's abandoned vehicle. Pardon my misspeaking. But then on December 13th, his body was found several miles away from where she killed him in a wooded area. He had been shot several times with the cause of death being two bullets to his left lung specifically. Oof. Yeah. So then her next victim was 47 year old construction worker, David Andrew Spears, whose naked body was found along us route 19 in citrus County, Florida. He had been shot six times by a .22 pistol. I should also point out I, this just occurred to me now. When she got arrested for Yosemite Salmonette with her gun out the uh -huh. car, that was also a .22 pistol. Got it. Okay. So this was followed by the murder of 40-year-old part-time rodeo employee, Charles Edmund Carscadden, on May 31st, 1990. Less than a week later, on June 6th, his body was found wrapped in an electric blanket. Um, it was badly decomposing when found, and that can be attributed to the fucking heat, because yeah, it, if you're, f heat causes bodies to decompose like no one's fucking business, which is why, like, if you yeah. see some really, like, gritty true crime shows, you'll see that, like, the murderer will crank the thermostat up to, like, 115 and then just leave them there. Yeah. Um... I don't know word on whether the electric blanket also had anything to do with it. I mean, it's it's a fair assumption. She could have wrapped him up, warmed him up and then put him on the side of the road. Blech. But um, yeah, either way, very gross. So although the body was badly decomposing when they found it, it was determined that he was shot nine times with a point twenty caliber weapon. Witnesses said that they saw Wernos driving in Karskadden's car and it would later be found that she pawned his gun. 
Hmm. This this will be a thing. Okay. We don't pawn everybody. Pawn is bad. Well, it's not bad. But if you're killing somebody, you're leaving a pawn paper trail. is bad. Yes, you don't pawn. Now we're teaching serial. God damn it. Um. So her next victim was a 65 year old retired sea merchant. Um. Whose name I cut off. Literally, it's I I. That's very weird. Um. This is why you don't type, kids. And we're doing this live because we're doing it live. I have his last name. I don't have his. I believe it's Paul. It could be Peter. Peter Paul. Could and Mary. be Ma- I was gonna say it could be Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna kill myself. Um, that's not funny. I shouldn't say that. Peter. It's Peter. Peter, it Peter. Sims. Peter yes, Sims. Peter Sims. S I E M S. So I'm assuming it's Sims. Okay. Sims. 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 Peter Let's Paul Mary. Sims. Yeah, we'll go with Sims. I like that game. Um, so he, he was leaving his home of Jupiter, Florida to move to Arkansas. So mm. nobody really thought of anything when they couldn't get a hold of him. Oh, at first. okay, yeah. Only when his body was found, or his car was found, excuse me, why do I keep doing this? His car was found on July 4th, 1990 in an abandoned area in Orange Springs, Florida, did people go, oh, he ain't in Arkansas. Oh. Um, his body, however, was never recovered. There's a lot of swamps in between Florida and Arkansas. Uh, he's still in Florida, though. He never left Florida. <laughs> I know, but if you're going to dump a body somewhere, and he's already on mm-hmm. his way there. And we got those meth gators. Yeah. Kill him with a murder hornet. Feed him to a meth gator. That's it. That's it, guys. This is how you commit a murder. Don't pawn anything. Kill him with a murder hornet. Feed him to a meth gator. Profit. No paper trail. No paper trail. Um, no paper trail. Just entrails. Um, oh, so, ooh, I love it, though. Um, okay, moving on. So then on July 31st, 1990, 50-year-old sausage salesman, yes, you heard that correctly, Troy Eugene Burris was reported missing. His body was found along State Road 19 in Marion County, Florida, on August 4th, 1990. He had been shot twice. And Wuornos's next victim was 56-year-old retired U.S. Air Force Major, former state child abuse investigator, and former chief of police Dick Humphreys, whose fully clothed body was found the day after his murder on September 12th, 1990. Hmm. That's not her usual... uh clientele he seems to have a couple of titles attached he to his seems name. to be upstanding yeah. well and i i truly think that that's not that she didn't deserve it but that's when the investigation kicked into high gear why they threw the book at her which we'll get into yeah because she killed even though he was retired she killed a cop and an air force what was he major Veteran. yeah yeah um like she pissed off a lot of people doing that of course um, yeah so he had been shot six times in the head and the torso nice Mm. great and the final victim was 62 year old walter gino antonio who was a truck driver and security guard whose naked body was found off a remote logging roll road mm, road in dixie county florida and he had been shot four times okay so lots of lots of 
very messy. So as I alluded to before, Wornos kept some of her victims' belongings. Um, she would keep them in a storage facility, and mm. then some of them she would sell to pawn, pawn shops, which is what eventually led to her being captured. Yeah. Because authorities were able to track her down and more from fingerprints on the pawned items and also a palm print that Moore left on the interior door handle of Sims's car. Oh. So Wornos was arrested in a bar in Port Orange, Florida, while the police tracked Moore to Pennsylvania. To avoid prosecution, Moore cut a deal. And in mid-January 1991, she, got, she called Wornos on the phone and as they did with Scott Peterson, she used her relationship with Wernos to get her to confess. Yeah. Wernos took full and sole responsibility for the murders and was arrested mm. because that's what you do. So after her arrest, she admitted to being responsible for the murders, but then would claim that she acted in self-defense after all of the men assaulted her. Uh, as I mentioned before, she asserted during the trial as well that she had been raped and assaulted by Mallory and killed him in self-defense. Um, I did think it was important to mention that in the entirety of the trial, Mallory's decade-long prison sentence, he served 10 years for sexual assault, was not mentioned once during the court proceedings. What? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, maybe it was self-defense for that one, and then the others, she just was like, oh, well, this is easier, like, this is an easier way to get money, is to, like, kill them and sell their shit. Um, but if the first one was truly self-defense, this guy was a convicted sex offender. It's yep. not like this is completely out of the realm of possibility that he would do something like this. No, but she killed a cop, and she killed an Air Force major. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's fun. So she stated that her killing the other men had been in self-defense as well, but she ended up retracting these statements and admitted that she killed them for personal gain and not in self-defense. So she has said that she, like, she's been, she said it once, she said it a million times that she was like, no, I did this for the money and for, like, I needed a car and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, because after after like I said, after you do the first one and sell some like pawn off some of his stuff, you're like, wait, mm -hmm. this is easier and cleaner and uh, working more for me than yeah. going out and doing all of this sex work. It'd be yeah. more beneficial for me to actually do this. Exactly. But despite all of this, supporters of Wornos, and yes, they exist, did not believe this. And they view her as a strong, independent woman, even a hero, some refer to her as, mm. for defending herself against aggressive men. And some still see her as a poster woman for sexual assault survivors. Regardless of what she ended up doing, killing all of those people, she is a sexual assault survivor. Like, yes, she survived a lot. Not saying that everything she did after that was good, but right. I don't think you should downplay... Um, what she went through no but at the same time i don't think she should be the one that people are looking to as like oh well eileen Warno, she survived and she killed her her attacker and blah 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 like yes she also killed six kind of, possibly yeah. eight other men yeah like or if you're gonna possibly seven pardon if me if you're gonna herald uh, a sexual assault survivor as like 
uh, a hero. There's a lot of other women that we've talked about on this podcast that Mm -hmm. uh, deserve that kind of respect. We can point you in that direction so quick. Yeah. But and and again, she also admitted because they a lot of these people, these supporters call her being a sexual assault survivor, which she is, but they don't believe, even though she said it, that she killed those other men for personal gain and not because they assaulted her. Well, there's there's still people that support Bundy. I know. Who we broke have into like people's... 13 year olds calling yeah. Bundy daddy on our Instagram. Please don't do that. Please. No, that's You've got tacky. So much... that, that's not cute. Go, go watch some like Wizards take of Waverly Place. Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, You're 13. You probably need to shower. I mean, I don't, su- I don't support everything that Eileen Warnos did, but I understand her supporters more than I understand Ted Bundy supporters. Yes, yes um or the same same side of that i understand i don't understand why they thought he was so hot too but i mean i'm never gonna understand that argument every episode still no understanding no so on january 27 1992 a jury found warno's guilty of first degree murder and she was given the death penalty over the next several months warno's also pleaded guilty to all of the other murders she was charged with and received a death sentence for each plea. They threw I mean, the if you already got one death sentence, then what do you really fight at that point? I know. Well, because she killed a cop. Yeah. So, or a former cop, whatever you want to call it. They, they, we've all seen it. They take care of their own. Um, so outside of court, she would later admit to murdering Sims, but still would not say where his body was. Hmm. Yeah. So after spending a decade on death row, Wernos fired her appeals lawyers who were working for a stay of execution for her. They were like, we can't get her out, but we can, we can delay this. Yeah, we can try to keep her alive for as long as possible. Um, but then a court appointed attorney was concerned about comments Wernos made that suggested she was. And I took this directly from the source because I found this the best definition of crazy profoundly disconnected from reality that, that is good wording i like that it's me um so in i have never connected with something so strongly in my entire life um so in 2002 florida governor jeb bush yes that jeb bush oh. lifted a temporary stay of execution after three psychiatrists deemed Wernos mentally competent to understand the death penalty and the reasons for its implementation she was then executed by lethal injection on october 9th 2002 and cremated her remains were buried in her birthplace of rochester michigan by her childhood friend don botkins Wernos requested that Natalie Merchant's song Carnival be played at her funeral. She really liked the song. All right. Okay. Sure. So then, to get into the pop culture side of things. Of course. Because we have to. So, in 2012, Lisa Kester and Daphne Gottlieb edited and published a collection of letters written over a 10-year span from Wernos to Botkins. The book is titled Dear Dawn, Eileen Wernos in Her Own Words. The book has a 3.6 out of 5 on Goodreads. And Wernos has also been seen on shows like American Horror Story, where she was played by Lily Robb during the haunted hotel season. They have a serial killer party. The Zodiac Killer's there. He's wearing the equivalent of a paper bag over his head. 
and mm-hmm. it's just it's just a cute time but she is the only female attendee of that very small very prolific dinner party it's yeah. like all the biggest and baddest are there and eileen was included just another reason why she's lethal so her story has also been told in a lot of documentaries but the two pop most popular ones are first the 1993 film eileen wernos the selling of a serial killer it has a 7 out of 10 on imdb an 85 percent google score and a 100 percent tomato meter rating on rotten tomatoes Wow. With a 66% audience score. Hmm, like, okay. Yeah, I, I was very confused. Um, but it was directed by Nick Broomfield, who we also know from the 2014 documentary Tales of the Grim Sleeper. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. And you can watch this on Netflix. And the second documentary is the 2003 film Eileen, Life and Death of a Serial Killer, which had a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb an 83% Google score and an 83% tomato meter score on Rotten Tomatoes with a 74% audience score. And the critics consensus was quote, this chilling unsettling documentary provides an eye opening look at both Wernos and the American justice system end quote. Mm. All yes. Right. So like Eileen Wernos, the selling of a serial killer, you can watch it on Netflix, Perfect. but that's not all they have in common. Both of them were directed by Broomfield fascinating i know and 10 years apart i guess he wasn't done with the story no he's pulling a what's his face from ted bundy tapes except john john putting Ber- some berlinger? john berlinger thank you john berlinger yep he's i mean hey he done he done did it that's it's everybody's got a passion that it, it just it counts sure but um it was in this second documentary that uh, Natalie Merchant actually agreed for the song Carnival, her her song Carnival, the one that was played during Eileen's funeral, yeah. um, to play during the end credits of the documentary. All right. And so she later explained, um, like, why she allowed this to fucking happen. Yeah, weird. So she said, yeah, she said, quote, when director Nick Broomfield sent a working edit of the film, I was so disturbed by the subject matter that I couldn't even watch it. Eileen Wernos led a tortured, torturing life that is beyond my worst nightmares. It wasn't until I was told that Eileen spent many hours listening to my album Tiger Lily while on death row and requested Carnival be played at her funeral that I gave permission for the use of the song. It's very odd to think of the places my music can go once it leaves my hands. If it ever gave her solace, I have to be grateful. So. That's nice. Yeah, I I think it's nice. Yeah, and then Broomfield talked about in later interviews why he was so fascinated with eileen's story again two documentaries yeah and he was quoted as saying i think this anger developed inside her and she was working as a prostitute i think she had a lot of awful encounters on the roads and i think this anger just spilled out from inside her and finally exploded into incredible violence that was her way of surviving i think eileen really believed that she had killed in self-defense I think someone who's deeply psychotic can't really tell the difference between something that is life-threatening and something that is a minor disagreement that you could say something she didn't agree with. She could get, she would get into a screaming black temper about it, and I think that's what had caused these things to happen. And at the same time, when she wasn't in those extreme moods, there was an incredible humanity to her. End quote. I think all that is, is true, because uh, another thing that we hadn't mentioned is that she was uh making her living 
doing sex work for way longer uh, before and before there were any murders since her childhood since her childhood and you can't believe that in let's say she did it for 20 years in 20 years of sex work that everyone treated her like a princess right there were definitely people that took advantage and were abusive and she must have gone through so much shit before actually murdering somebody that like if that's the straw that broke the camel's back and then she just needed to take her power back in some way like it 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 seems like it tracks like it makes sense right it's not it's not it can't be condoned but it makes sense it makes yeah yeah exactly in this particular case because it's one thing to kill one person in self-defense it's another thing to go on a spree possibly because like you had said a straw broke the camel's back yeah but those are the two most popular documentaries but there is also an opera about her what title yes titled wornos it was written by san francisco um composer carla lucero 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 and a lot of people have problems with this opera many people yes many people have taken issue with the opera interesting because it portrays we talked about earlier the people that believe Wornos is a victim that she didn't kill all of these people in cold blood because she wanted to she did it because she was a survivor yeah and that's how Wornos is painted throughout this entire opera like there are flashbacks as she's killing to her childhood being abused and like they're very much treating it like oh she didn't murder she acted in self-defense that she's some kind of like feminist icon that's like yes. taking the power back. yes yeah. thank you that is what i'm trying to that's that's what i was trying to say before too that is what some groups see her as yeah and that is how lucero's opera treats her as well Got um it. so like i said a lot of people took issue with this including wornos she oh. yes the opera premiered in 2001 and she was still on death row still alive and was sent a letter asking for her thoughts on it and according to the tampa bay times she wrote back quote my main concern is if this composer has been made aware of the fact that i've come clean in all of my cases i killed in pure hate robbing along the way so if this person wasn't heard hasn't heard then i'd sure appreciate it if someone would inform him or her of it otherwise further misleading information will only carry on and society doesn't deserve it end quote and you never hear this from a serial killer is another thing that I'm going to say. Ted Bundy would confess to fucking murdering the Pope if he thought he could get away with it. Like, yeah. he wanted to think he wanted everyone to think that he was the spookiest guy in the entire world. And she's like, I'm no hero. I just murdered people. Right. <laughs> and, and she's like, and I didn't do it for, for the notoriety. For like righteousness. No, I did it for funsies. Um, yeah, and to make money and to like it was easy to make money yes by killing people and stealing their shit yes um which is true doesn't mean we do it um so yeah so that's the opera um there are also there's there's really there's just a bunch of musical references yeah for for eileen Wernos. um but one of the more recent ones that i found really interesting is the cover art of a single Cardi B released called Press in, like, last May in 2019. Yeah. The cover photo 
is a recreation of a famous photo of Wernos being led out of it, like it's it's very famous. She's being led out of either the jail or the courthouse in a prison jumpsuit with handcuffs raised around her neck. And okay. Cardi B does a slightly not slightly more scantily clad version of this exact photo. Like redoes the exact photo. Yeah. Um which I found interesting. But um to get to what everybody's been waiting for. Probably the best known work about Wernos would be Charlie's Theron's portrayal of her in the 2003 film Monster, which was written and directed by Patty Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And we love her. She's she's if you want a feminist icon, go to Patty Jenkins. Don't go to Eileen Wernos. Um, but Christina Ricci co-starred as Selby Wall, who was a character based on Tyria Moore. And Theron would go on to win an Academy Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role and a Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. And the film is also well known because Wernos, who was just in both in terms of the trial, in terms of the media, in terms of just everything, she was famously just not a cooperative person. No. And she gave Jenkins access to hundreds of letters that she had written and received so that Jenkins could get some insight into her life. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, the film premiered after Wernos had died, but she's still, she, like, it's still very recent. Like, she died in 2002. Yeah, it's crazy to think that. Like, as you were talking about the dates of the crimes and stuff, and I was like, my parents were, like, adult people when this happened i wonder if they would remember stuff like like hearing it on the news obviously like we're up in new jersey and not like down in florida but like it was definitely news oh and you're i can't imagine they haven't heard of her because it apparently caused like a media frenzy well I i know they heard about her i mean obviously now after the fact but i i'm wondering if they were hearing of the murders like as they were happening it only her spree only lasted a year which is pretty crazy to think about um i i mean yeah i i will say like the trials were highly televised yeah so they probably knew that yeah like i wouldn't put her on the same like platform as casey anthony or jody arias but at the time it was very like because people were like oh women kill yeah and um like it was the it was the novelty of it and how she was kind of like crazy and beyond even beyond that like she is still falsely but still credited as the first female serial killer like that's that it's the first time people really heard about a woman being capable of killing to which i say exactly go to any sample sale and I'm saying that as a person who has been to many a sample sale. Women, that are, will, women are willing to kill, kill all the time. Yes. <laughs> I would say people, women are more willing to kill over petty shit. Mm. Um, but they're oh, yeah. calculated on if they'll get away with it. Yeah. Like, my husband could cheat on me. I would just make him miserable for the rest of his life. I would play the long game. I would just, I would make him absolutely miserable. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. Yeah, I'd probably want to kill him. (laughs) Well, I was, 
I don't remember if it was because I was I was rewatching Game of Thrones because I'm rereading it, and mm-hmm. um, one of the characters I won't tell you who if you're still interested in reading or watching it, but a character is killed uh, with poison, and then they're like, okay, well, is it this person, this person, or this person that did it? And somebody is like, well, poison's a woman's weapon, and oh, I think that that's very telling. It's like guys will kill in like that time period and everything. Guys will kill with like swords and and valiantly in combat but like women are like more calculated and they don't want to be at the scene of the crime when it happens they want to and tip something into your drink and then be gone in the night well and that's the thing the more i at first i was like oh that's bullshit because i mean i'm sure there's women who have killed with other weapons look at eileen wernos but as you say that i was like oh but all the women over the years that have slowly poisoned their husbands (laughs) yeah exactly but it's Eileen Warnos is Eileen Warnos is out there in the field. Yep. But you know how you avoid getting poisoned by your by your wives, ladies and gentlemen? We just Do say shit fuck that you they to gender roles. No, no, beyond oh. that. You know what? <laughs> you cook dinner. Flip the gender roles. She can go to work. You can stay home, cook and poison her instead, as God intended Whoa. it. I'm just flip I'm just, it, flip it all the way around. Flip it all the way around. But guys always tip their hat because they always get the life insurance. It's true. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's you got true. life insurance. Hmm. Hmm. Michael's got a fifty thousand dollar policy. You think I haven't considered it? If anyone wants to go murder Michael, I'll give <laughs> Caitlin the money. <laughs> I don't even need all the money. I just need like twenty thousand dollars. You can have more Good. than half. Wow. I just want to pay off my student loans. You're just plotting Michael's murder. He doesn't listen to this. It's fine. Perfect. He's just in the next room. Love it. Oh, God. He's going to get a lot of texts on Tuesday. Um, anyway. Um, anything that else is the about story. Monster? Yeah, I was going to say, that's the story of Eileen Warnos. That's it. I will say that Charlize Theron, um, her portrayal, Didn't part she of the reason... Oscar? She she won an Oscar and a Golden Globe. That's um, wild. And that those are the two like real really like main awards that the film won. Yeah. Um, but I will say that also people she she was a little insulted because first of all, the reason Patty Jenkins gave her the role, like there were like Reese Witherspoon was campaigning for it for a while. Um, a lot of like like um Kate Hudson read for um Christina Ricci's character. But the reason Charlize Theron was picked, apparently, was because Patty Jenkins looked at all of the actresses who auditioned and she felt that she could take on any one of those women in a fight, but that Charlize Theron could kick her ass. Mm -hmm. And that's why she picked her, which is interesting. And it's wild that she could have like such forethought because like you look at Charlize Theron and you're like, there's no way they can get her to look like Eileen Warnos. And holy shit if you've ever seen that movie if you've ever seen stills she and like she must have studied Eileen Warnos like a book because she's got the crazy eyes down she's got like the mouth movements like it's she all just down embodied her yeah she's perfect for the role though I will say I don't want to first of all I don't I don't like to get into the physical acting of it for her per se because apparently that's what a lot of people focused on was that she gained 30 pounds for a role and shaved off her eyebrows and was no longer pretty. Well, I don't, I'm People not talking about huge, that. I know. Oh, I'm I talking know. about like, 
like there's like her there's, mannerisms. Yeah, there's mannerisms because like when you watch like um, something as simple as like Harry Potter, you know, in the one movie where um, they had to take the Polyjuice potion and yep. become uh, like Hermione had to be Bellatrix Lestrange. Lestrange. Yep. Lestrange. Lestrange. Oh, I still Lestrange. don't know how to pronounce it. Lestrange. You're well, good. that was that was Helena Bottom Carter playing Hermione Granger playing her like yeah it was the depth wild. of it i know it was beautiful yeah, to she, watch she got she, she got like the little tiny things that emma watson does in her own performance but also being like uncomfortable in the skin of trying to be someone like like performances like that are crazy i know i know big mistake timber and huge um huge but that didn't huge. win an oscar no <laughs> Um, I believe they were nominated. The later ones were nominated, though. Um, just not for acting. Yes, I believe they were. Um, but when you get to a point in, like, a series like that, it's more of, like, an homage to everything else than everything else. That's true. But the other interesting thing about Charlize Theron playing monster, um, and whatnot, playing a killer that I think also may have attributed to some of her acting, like, some of her, like, we were talking about her mannerisms and everything, her mother actually mm-hmm. murdered her father. Charlie's Theron's mother? Yes. And Charlie's Theron's father. Oh. Yes. Um, it was oh. in self-defense. He was a fucker of a man. But she, uh. when Charlie's was old enough to know, murdered her father. Wow. I did not yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. So. Mm-hmm. That's so wild. just some, some fun facts. Not so fun facts. Yeah, not really fun. Not fun for no. really anybody. Definitely no, not fun for Charlize Theron's dad. Yeah, but this whole case about Eileen Warnos like sucks. Like this woman just went through hell and was dragged there. I know. Why do you think I recommended Disney Plus at the beginning of this episode? I know exactly. We need Plug some us. ear bleach. <laughs> Disney Plus sponsor us, please, please go. Um, I need anyway, money. so I don't want to kill Michael so that I can pay my loans. <laughs> uh, that is Eileen Warnos. That is the end of our um, our Pride series. Yeah. Um, I will tease that next week our episode is uh, Pride Month adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a wild case. I was telling uh, Caitlin before that you got to get ready for this. Because it's going to be a fun one. Tell No, Haley, tell them verbatim what you told me. Verbatim? I, yes. I told Caitlin to hold on to her asshole. Yes. Because it was going to be wild. <laughs> um, so that's yeah, what we have to so, look forward to. Yeah. And uh, just want to get... Hold on, I'm pulling them up right now. I'm our doing patrons. our Patreon supporters for the month. And for this month, we've got... Camilla and uh, Sin Turtle. Yes, th- and, and thank you both. Thank you both. And, and we love reminder, you. Reminder: Yes, we also love you. We're also going to give this money to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. Exactly for the month. Yep. Remind. Just a reminder. And again, seriously, if you have any interest in donating to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute or any any bailout funds any like the trevor project just any relevant charities this month we will 
just send us a screenshot and we will send you a personalized postcard. Yep. Thanking you for your help. Yes. Absolutely. You can uh, join our Patreon anytime, too. Uh, we know that, especially now, money is, like, super tight. People still really aren't going back to work. So, obviously, yep. anybody that's supporting us right now, Camilla and Sin Turtle, um, most of all, thank you so much. We love you guys. And um, we're going to try to make it worth it every single week. Talking about some interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to find some more information, you can go to our website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. There mm -hmm. you can find the link to our Patreon, um, where you can join for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. And yep. um, you can find the links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, you can DM us, chat with us on any of those. We'll yeah. hang out. Slide into we got our nothing DMs. to do. We're home. I was going to say, it's quarantine. It's quarantine. Well, not so much quarantine for me. But we gave a couple little life updates in past episodes. But I'm like, I'm like 60% back to work now. So, meanwhile, unfortunately, I do have to go into the office. See, unfortunately for you, but unfortunately for me, we were supposed to start going back into the office like the first couple weeks of July. And now it, I've been moved to going back in like august because Oof. californians yeah i'm i'm on a three-day work week until the end of the summer thankfully yep. crossing our fingers new york new jersey connecticut massachusetts we're in kind of a green zone right now of like kind of getting it under control for the most part and like kind of rocking that curve Getting, Please send California the, some of that. Plateau. Yeah. But, I would um, like to plateau. I hope wherever you are, I hope wherever you are, you are safe and healthy and whole, your whole family. So yeah. uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside, stay wearing a mask, uh, and happy pride. Yeah. Yeah. And with all that said... We will see you next Tuesday. Okay, bye. 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 bye.